Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We pray. Amen. Yep, great job, Rachel. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap. All over the building. I, um, it's funny, I, I was peeling away trying to hold all between the mask, my glasses, and this microphone on my ear, and I was teased growing up, my, my friends would say, oh, you got so small ears, and it never bothered me until I had to wear mask, glasses, and a microphone. And so I realized, yeah, I really actually do have small ears. Come on, let's hear it for those with small ears. It is so good to be here today. It's um, good to be in the sanctuary with people, with God's people, you know? We've been uh, preaching and, um, you know, to the internet, to the camera, and... um, Even though we're here to cheer each other on and to gain support, it's nothing like seeing a room full of people that love God together, praising God together, in the sanctuary together. It's just a it's just a a beautiful time in God. I want to go with the the text, the title, um, "Who Is This King?" I um, tell you a short story. I. I always try to see how would I be remembered. You know, if someone would tell a story about me and somebody would be interested in knowing who I am because the story was such a blessing to hear. Like if, it, if I can touch somebody's heart or, or even um, impress someone in such a godly way that they wanted to know my name or get to meet me. This is how Jesus' life was. He was so impressive. Sinless, awesome, healing, deliverance, bringing people to the truth that people want to know who he is. And so the question is, who is this king? It comes because the Pharisees saw that the attention that he was getting from the people and the praises and the belief in him, that they wanted to know, who is this guy? Who is he? You know, that question was asked. I was in the supermarket um, a few years ago, and I was going through a transition in ministry. And at this point in time, I was trying to decide whether I was going to continue in ministry or not. And um, my wife and I, we was at the Acton on Ridge Avenue, and this was right before I met Pastor Ray. And I was trying to decide whether we're going to rent this building, this church building, or, you know, shut down the ministry and I'll fold or I'll go and just join in with the ministry and just work my way back up. And I ran into this, this man, he was a grown man at the time. And, um, he says, uh, he looks at me my wife was walking, my children were walking. He said, Charlie. And I said, uh, yeah. He said, C sharp. My nickname. Yeah, that's what it is. 
So I said, yeah, that's me. I said, well, who are you? He said, you used to own a barbershop on the corner of Lincoln Drive and Mount Pleasant. I said, yeah, I did. He said, he said, listen, man. He said, I remember when I was a little boy. I came from dating myself. I just finally figured out. It's all right. He says to me, I remember when I was a little boy, I came into your barbershop for the first time. And I lost the $20 that my mom gave me. And um, I came to you and I said, I don't, I don't know where my money is. You know, I lost my money. And um, I said, well, don't worry about it. I'll cut your hair, which I didn't remember the story myself because I had many stories similar to it. And he said, I, you, you cut my hair anyway. I said, yeah, yeah. I said, I was known to do that. He said, but the thing that amazes me is that after you cut my hair, you went into the register and you gave me back change that said, take this home so you don't get in trouble. And I said, I did that. My wife looked at me and she said, she said, she said, so you did that? I said, yeah, I guess I did. He said, you did. He said, what are you doing now? And I said, well, I'm pastoring. He said, I can see that. That encouraged me. That was what I was looking for. I needed someone that maybe I encouraged them some time ago to be an encouragement to me. So if Jesus has been an encouragement to you, you have to be an encouragement to someone else. And by you showing up today in the midst of a pandemic to worship God, you encouraged us as believers. You encouraged the leadership to say that, hey, we can keep going forward in Christ because someday you will need that encouragement as well. And so be an encouragement to someone else. Now here, there are three things that I want to get out this text. There's questions that I want to ask you and I want you to ask yourself. One is, what are you tied to? What are you tied to? Number two is, how can you serve God better? Like, How can you serve God better? These are things I want you to walk away thinking about. And the other is... Will your walk lead others to Christ? Like, will your walk lead others to Christ? Now, here it is. A donkey tie was tied up, but Jesus had need of him. So Jesus says to his disciples, go and you'll find a donkey, a young donkey, tied to a, a gate, a fence, a pole, wherever it was tied to. And Jesus said, untie it and bring it to me. If anyone asks you, what are you doing? Why are you untying it? Then just say, the Lord has need of it. And they will send it right away. Do you know that before you came to Christ, you were tied to something? It, 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 we as believers, we, we, you know, we're here now. Some of us are seasoned. We've been here for a while in Christ, and we've studied. We know the word of God. But there was something that you were tied to. There was some, quite a few things I was tied to. But there is something that you was tied to. And the thing about it is Jesus had need for you. And so he sent his word, or he sent his disciples, or he sent the leadership, or he sent someone to send you a word to untie you from what you was tied to. 
just to give you another view or give you a truthful look into who you really are, a child of God. Even at the moment you could have been in sin, linked to something that divided you or linked to something that, that, that was in between you and God. But his word came at a time where you heard his word, you felt his love and his power, and you were untied, and you were brought to him. And if anybody say, hey, they're not good enough, or that's not big enough, why bring a donkey? What are you doing? The Lord sent his word and said, hey, listen, tell that person that the Lord has need of you. Now, I'm not calling you a donkey. That's my forehead. But what I'm saying is that we, too, have been tied to some things that God had to free us from. So if God freed us through his word and through his salvation and through the power of his blood, then why sometimes we still act as if we're tied and we can't serve God wholeheartedly? We have to, as, as children of God, we have a responsibility to respond to the one who saved us. To, to, to share in that word, to learn and grow in that word that God has given us, that he has put his love on us. We have to respond to that. How do we respond to it? We respond to that by walking worthy of the word of God. That our worship is not just in our vocals, but our worship is in our daily walk. Our worship to God, our, our king, our, we know who he is in our lives because of what he has done for us. And because we cannot deny the power of his salvation or the power of his resurrection, because some of us, we were just walking dead until we was introduced to Christ. And now we're full of life, love, passion to serve a mighty God, a mighty king. We know who he is. So the question that asks, who is he? You know, because if you did not know, you wouldn't be in the midst of this worship, in the midst of the pandemic. Oh, we can't go nowhere. We have to wear masks. Never thought we would have to wear masks. But we're wearing masks. But a mask does not separate me from the love of God. The mask does not separate me from the healing power of Jesus Christ. A mask does not separate me. A pandemic does not stop the fact that Jesus is still sitting on the throne advocating for me. He is still in my life. And I have to respond to that no matter what's going on in this world. Jesus is the power that can save us from anything. Heal us from anything. And he calls us out by our names. Imagine that. Know that he knew your name before the foundations of the earth. He called you out. And he unleashed you and, 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 and got you out of the snares of the enemy. Pulled you out of traps. Gave you ways of escape. He allows his power to come and manifest in you to pull you out of darkness into the marvelous light. God rescued us, and we have to respond. We are no longer bound, but we are free to serve God wholeheartedly. Don't let nothing keep you from that. The Bible says that so if the Son, in John 8, 36, 
So if the Son sets you free, indeed. 2 Corinthians says, therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch nothing unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Almighty Lord. I don't know about you, but I am excited to be a child of God. Like, it's, like, unbelievable. I mean, I might not have made honor roll, but guess what? I'm a child of God. <laughs> I might not have got that doctor's degree, but guess what? I am a child of God. And at the end of it all, I will be seated in heavenly places. I will live eternally, even after, unto death, because I am a child of God. You have to take that, and you have to hold fast to that, and you have to be excited about it. You're not excited about it. You're going to miss a lot of it. The enjoying parts of being loved by God is when nobody else cares and you know that God does. It brings such a joy in your heart. When it seems like you're alone, you're never actually alone because the Holy Spirit is always with you. The Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you until the ends of the earth. You ought to be excited to know that you are part of something that is bigger than this world. Now, Jesus gave his disciples instructions, like he gives us instructions. The word gives us instructions. And in order to fulfill the prophecy, and they did just what he asked. They didn't question, like some of us. They responded, and they went and did just what he asked. The disciples, the Bible says the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. So the question you have to ask yourself is, how can you serve God better? How can you serve God better? How can we serve God better? Especially in, this, in these times, these, these times that we're going through. You know the times. Multiply that by some more stuff. Being in the city, I mean, there's so many killings going on. It's like, it, you know the times. We're not going to go into deep times, but you know the trouble that you're facing in this world. We have to be witnesses. We have to serve God better in the midst of this. You, you ever, you ever, um, here it is. Say if you, your house is unclean or you were relaxed. Let's say that. You were relaxed. You didn't pick up your jacket. You didn't pick up your sneaks. Your sneaks didn't make it all the way upstairs. They're just sitting on the stairs. Then all of a sudden you get a knock on the door. Someone that you're hoping to impress. Have you ever did this? Try to clean up real quick. Try to straighten up real fast. You ever do that? Like, say, if mom knocks on the door, it's like, oh, man, she can't see my house like this. So you run in the thing, and you're trying to do it in record-breaking time because you don't want to delay too much of the knock at the door. 
It's work that should have been done before you had the company. It's not to impress someone else. It's to do better. It's just to, to clean up your own house. Keep your house clean because you never know who God may send. Or you never know who might pop up that just need to see that you have things in order. And that's just it. The enemy will come and try to catch you off guard. You need to wholeheartedly be serving God. Did you catch that? When the enemy comes to attack, you need to be prepared and ready. You have to have the word in your heart ready to go out your mouth so that you can rebuke. So that you can stand firm, unmovable, unshakable, with a clean house, a clean heart. Renew the right spirit. A renewed and a refreshed mind in Christ. So that you won't be caught off guard. So there is a daily routine that we need to do in order to serve God better. And that's to have God a part of everything that we do. When we wake up in the morning, from the time we go to sleep at night, have something going on in your life that will impress God because he is with you always. Jesus was a true example he did exactly what his father asked him. By taking on the sins of this world. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says, God made him who had no sin for, to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Here he is, a man who knew no sin. Take on our sin so that we can have a relationship with God. Isaiah 53, chapter 5. Times 2, that's 10, that's Isaiah. <laughs> but he, it says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquity. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we, we are healed. We are healed. Walk in your healing. Don't let the mass separate you from what God has already done for you. Walk in your healing. Wear the mask because you're protecting yourself and others. But know by faith God has brought you through it. And you are, you ought to be excited. This, this, this listen, this virus, it had, you couldn't see it, but it was here. And it was on an attack. But God stood between what could have been your end to what is now your new beginning in him. And you can walk worthy knowing that God kept you covered in the midst of it all. Some of us even had it, but we did not. We have to be grateful that God spared us. And, and you have to think, you have to take it personal. Why me, Lord? So many people, my friends, family, have passed away 
but I'm still here. That means, God, you have something for me. How can I serve you because you brought me through? I mourn those that, that passed away. I'm, I'm praying for those that, that are sick and, and, and shut in and in the hospitals. I'm praying for those that are suffering it in the bad way. But God, for me, you spared me. You spared me. Why? What can I do? Continue to pray for them. Continue to walk worthy. Knowing that I tapped you and said you will overcome even this. And so Jesus, he has need of you. And so you have to ask yourself, how can I serve him better? And then here's the thing. This is Palm Sunday. It's exciting. Palm Sunday, we get our palms. And we get to wave them. And we get to fold them into cross and keep them for even longer. Some people fold them in a cross and put them on their own. On their rearview mirror in their car to let people know, hey, I went to church on Sunday and I got my palms. But it's deeper than that. They wave the palms to give praises. See, in Jerusalem, they didn't just, they were going through, they wasn't just people that was not going through what we were going through. They were going through situations probably far more worse than what we were going through. They had death around them. They had sickness around them. I mean, you could tell in where Jesus walked. He had to heal a few people from lepers. He had to give sight to the blind. He gave voice to the deaf. He healed the sick, loosed the bound, set the captives free. They were going through it just like we were. They were expecting something great. They needed a king. They needed a savior, just like we do. And so when they realized that this king, this savior, this Messiah was coming, they were excited like we should be excited. And just praise God as he's coming, entering into the, 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 the city. We're riding on a young donkey. Usually they, they were used to uh, the soldiers or, 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 or the... the uh, Caesar or, or, or Pilate riding through on a chariot of horses through the city. And, and, and when they would ride through, listen, when they would ride through, they didn't care who the horses would trample over. They would just ride through in victory and say, we run this place. But yeah, not for long. We run this. We won. And so they would, they, would, they would wave palms after wars, victories of wars, and, and Caesar would ride the city, and they would wave palms for victory, like palms for victory. And so they were making a bold statement when they would wave the palms. And so when the believers saw that Jesus was coming, riding on a donkey, not a man of war, but a man of peace, riding through to loose the bounds and set the captives free, to give salvation to those that were in sin, to bring healing to those that were sick, to give sight to the blind, to, to raise the dead. He didn't need a chariot. He had a donkey. And when they raised their palms, they raised them as a bold statement to say, here is our king. Not only is he our king, he is the king of kings. 
So they placed him above all that would surround them. They placed Jesus above all that would ail them, even above those that ruled over them. Like Roman soldiers, the Caesar. They said, oh, you know what? He is the king of kings. He is above. So they said, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he, the son of David. And he comes humble because he is a servant, a true servant of the Most High God. Humbled. Come riding in, a man of peace. And John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. So don't be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For he has given us instructions. And his instructions come from Mark 16, verse 15 through 16. It says, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creature, all creation." Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Let's not let everybody fall to being condemned. Let's do our job. Let's serve God better. Let's spread this word, this gospel around. Let's be an example like Christ was. Let's be the humble servant of peace in the world. A world that is always violent. Let's be those that are peaceful. So when a harsh word comes, respond with a loving word. You can't fight fire with fire. Let's sprinkle some water on it. Let's come, let's, let's come boldly and let's challenge the world that is so negative and let's put a positive on it. And so with a negative and a positive, the light will shine bright and they will see the light of Christ in you. See, the negative situations need a positive you in order for the light to shine. Amen. And here's the most important thing, or one of the most important things. They actually followed Jesus. Some went before him in the city, and some came with him, and some followed behind him. I call, the, I call some of them like the seasoned saints. But they followed him. They knew who he was, and some was expecting him to be who they heard of him to be. The question is, his walk, it, it had people following him. Will your walk lead others to Christ? Like, how you, how you respond to someone who is angry or maybe, you know, just a little bit upset about something. Your response to them could save their life. Your response, your loving response could drive away the wrath. A soft spoken.
spoken word of love, peace, encouragement. Do you have someone that looks to you to get to Christ? Is, is someone calling for you to, like, hey, could you please explain to me, like, here's the situation. You know, like Pastor Ray said, I think it was a few weeks ago, what would Jesus do in this situation? Do they, are they able to come to you with that question? Like, have you shown enough of Christ in your life towards others that they know that they can get a Jesus response from you? Because people right now, they are thirsting for a savior. They, they, need, they need a king right now. They need a king of kings. They need someone in their life that can, that, can, that can encourage them, that can bring them to a place of repentance. They need that right now. And are you the one? And, and is there someone that calls on you? Are you waving your palms because you're declaring that Jesus is king? Are you making a bold statement in your life? The seasoned saints... They didn't go and cut down palms. They would take off their coats and they laid them. Some of them even took off their cloaks and they laid them on a donkey so he could sit comfortably. And then they laid their, their coats down. And the others started climbing and waving the palms. Because they, they knew what the world response would be to a king. So they will go and get the palms. But we as believers in Christ, we that have been seated under the word of God, we that have heard Pastor Ray preach for months and years, some of us, we know we can't say that we don't know because he's a great preacher. He's a great teacher. We know that God is real. We know Savior. We know that he's a healer. I remember there was a car accident uh, um, some, some, some months ago, and I remember that no one left to go and lay hands. No one left to go and lay hands, but I remember the prayer request that came. And then I remember week, as the weeks unfold, the healing power of Jesus as we sat here and we prayed together as children of God. And the response of the king killed, and we never, I never even, I don't, still don't know who the person is. But I know that the person is healed because of the prayers that left from this place. Because Jesus responded. Because we requested. But now he requested, do we respond back and spread his word, spread his love? That someone will follow you. When someone will ask you. During this midst of this pandemic or during these tragic situations, why are you still comfortable? Why are you still not, you know, panicking? Because you know the king lives. You know the king has arrived in your dwelling place. And so when someone asks you, who is this king? The response that they gave was this. They said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. That was the response. 
But I beg to differ. I say, you got to go back further than Nazareth and Galilee. You got to go all the way back to the beginning. All the way to Genesis. When you find in Genesis that he was known as the seed of the woman. You got to go to Exodus where you will find that he was the Passover lamb of God. Leviticus, he was known as the atonement sacrifice. In Numbers, he was the smitten rock. In Deuteronomy, he was the prophet like unto Moses. This Jesus in Joshua was the captain of the Lord's host. In Judges, he was the divine deliverer. In Ruth, he was the king's redeemer. In 1 Samuel, he was the anointed one rejected. In 2 Samuel, he was the son of David. In 1 and 2 Kings, he was the glorious coming king. In 1 and 2 Chronicles, he was the vigilant administrator. In Ezra, he was the wise leader. In Nehemiah, he was the prayerful builder. In Esther, he was the prevailing intercessor. In Job, he was his patience. He was known as the living redeemer. In Psalms, he was the words that David would pen. He was the praise of Israel. In Proverbs, he was the wisdom of God. In Ecclesiastes, the great teacher. In Songs of Solomon, he was the beloved. In Isaiah, the suffering servant. In Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. In Lamentations, he was the man of sorrow. In Ezekiel, he was God of glory. In Daniel, he was the ancient of days. The smitten stone. The peace that surrounded him in the den. And Hosea, the lover of the unfaithful. And Job, the hope of Israel. And Amos, the rescuer of Israel. Obadiah, the deliverer upon Mount Zion. And Jonah, he was the peace in the well, but also the rescued one. And Micah, the everlasting God. And they am the stronghold. And Habakkuk, the holy God. And Zechariah, the king of Israel. And Hagar, the desire of all nations. In Zechariah, that was Zephaniah. But in Zechariah, he was the righteous breach. And Malachi, the son of the righteous. And Matthew, the king of the Jews. And Mark, the servant of the Lord. And Luke, the son of man. And John, the son of God. Acts, the ascending Lord. Romans, our righteousness. 1 Corinthians, the conqueror of death. 2 Corinthians, our sufficiency. And Galatians, the liberator. And Ephesians, the exalted head of the church. And 
Philippians, our joy and our strength. In Colossians, fullness of deity. In 1 Thessalonians, our comfort. In 2 Thessalonians, our glory. In 1 Timothy, the mediator. In 2 Timothy, our rewarder. Titus, our blessed hope. Philemon, our substitute. In Hebrews, the high priest, James, the Lord of the Sabbath. 1 Peter, the shepherd of the bishop of our soul. First Peter, or second Peter, the morning star. The first John, the word of life. Second John, our truth. Third John, our truth. Jude, the believer's security. But in Revelations, when it's all said and done, he is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Alpha and the Omega, everything in between. I added that. Everything in between. He is, he was, and he will continue to be the great I am. Who is he? He is our soon coming King, our Lord, our Savior, our Deliverer our everything. So when we wave these palms today, let's wave them differently than we ever waved them before. Let's declare in our hearts and our minds. Let's declare to the outside. Let's declare to this world that Jesus is the King of Kings. And those of you that are watching, take off a coat and wave it. Put it on the floor. And just say, Lord, you are welcome in our dwelling place. We exalt our soon coming King. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this word. Lord, I pray that you would walk this word through the hearts and minds of your people. I pray that the word does not return to you into your void, but to do that which you set it out to do. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your victory. We thank you for your triumphant entry into our hearts and our lives. Lord, we lay down the things that would separate us at your feet. Lord, we wave the palms to worship you and to praise you. Victorious King, that you have given us victory in you. And we will continue to carefully praise you and worship you in our daily walk. In Christ's name we pray. Let the church say amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.